Hello everyone, in this episode we are going to talk about the subject personal pronouns and different forms of the Cebuano pronouns. If you like my content, please support my podcast by subscribing and checking the links in the description below. I don't really earn anything from this podcast, so I would appreciate a lot any support I can get so I can make more contents for you. Welcome back everyone. It's been a long time since I uploaded an episode that talks about the Cebuano grammar. I asked you before what topics you'd like to, me to discuss in the podcast and one of you requested that I talk about pronouns. And that is why I'm going to talk a little bit about Cebuano pronouns just so you can have an overview of how Cebuano pronouns work. I know many of you in Western society are very cautious right now with pronouns in the English language, mainly because of these pronouns that are getting out of hand. As you know, Filipinos are notorious for using the wrong pronouns when speaking in English. The reason for this is because pronouns in most Philippine languages are non-gendered specific. That doesn't mean that Cebuano pronouns are non-binary. So if you want to ask, does that mean that Cebuano pronouns are non-binary? The answer for that is big no, a big fat no. All words and phrases in languages are binary in nature. This is why ling linguists and grammarians always refer to the X-bar theory when decoding and analyzing sentences in different languages. Now, I'm not going to go a little further, I'm not going to go get further into the X-bar theory since that is going to take a while to explain. But if you are someone who is interested in learning and analyzing languages, the parsing method in the X-bar theory is a very useful tool in understanding different types of phrases and sentences. Putting aside the X-bar theory, since Cebuano pronouns are non-gendered specific, you might ask how are Cebuano pronouns binary when they are not gendered? To answer this question, it is very important to understand how Cebuano speakers value everything in their surroundings. When you analyze the entirety of the Cebuano language, there is a clear distinction between people and objects. That is why when we try to figure out the topic markers in Cebuano, we either classify a topic as an individual or group of people using the particle C for singular and its plural form sila. On the other hand, if a topic is identified as something that is not a person, it automatically 
falls under the category of objects, which is marked using the topic marker ang. This is the very reason why particle ang can only follow a common noun and never a proper noun for people. Now, you might get confused about using particle ang for common nouns that refers to people. Because in Cebuano, ang is only referred to a thing or a role or a title. And C refers to the individual person itself. You have to go back to our previous episode talking about uh, Cebuano sentences, the subject form, in order for you to understand the difference between the two. Particles are very important. I can't emphasize enough how important how you identify words in sentences using particles. They are very useful in understanding what the person is trying to say, what the person is referring to, and what is the role, what is the relationship of that world of that word in a sentence to other words that is that 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 in the sentence that it belongs to. On the other hand, if a topic is identified as no, I already mentioned that. What about pronouns then? Since pronouns are a substitute for any noun, Cebuano pronouns are also classified as things and people. Oftentimes, when referring to people, we would use personal pronouns such as ako for I, ikaw for you, singular, only referring to one person, ikaw, and that's the person you're talking to. That's ako for I, ikaw for you, singular, referring to the person you're talking to, spelled as I-K-A-W, ikaw. Then kamu, spelled as K-A-M-O, which refers to you, plurally. That would mean the person you're talking to and some other people included. So that's kamu. And then we have siya, S-I-Y-A, and it refers to a person, a third person, uh, equivalent to he, she, it in English. Again, Cebuano pronouns are non-gendered specific, so only, so we only have one pronoun for boys, girls, and things. And the plural form for siya, S-Y-A, S-I-Y-A, is Sila, S-I-L-A, equivalent to they in English. So singular is singular for you is ikaw, plural for you is kamu, singular for he, she, it is siya, and then plural for for they in English is sila. Okay. We also have other pronouns which is inclusive of other people. For example, we have kita. Spelled as K-I-T-A, kita, for inclusive us, meaning you, me, and probably someone else. And its exclusive form is kami, K-A-M-I, kami, meaning just me and some other people, not including you, not including the person you're talking to. So that's kami, okay? That would be us, us as in just me and the other people. Yeah. Okay. Now you have to remember all these pronouns because we use them a lot. 
and in a formal context we normally use the the this form okay now this is just the prepost form of the personal subject pronoun and you will rarely hear the prepost form used in an actual casual conversation of native speakers well it's not as rare as you think but it's there it's there it's just that it's not as common as the post post form if you have read grammar books in Cebuano you'll notice that they often use the pre-post form in their example sentences so instead of saying ka they would say uh, ikaw instead of saying ko they would use ako right and they are not wrong at all it's not wrong to use the pre-post form because these Prepost forms are still used in, in, in a very formal context. That is why they are often found in Bible text or in an official document or any kind of document that we rarely use. In those kind of documents, we rarely use post-post form of the subject purpose, uh, personal pronouns. It doesn't mean that pre-post form don't occur in casual conversation. It's just that the only time that a Cebuano speaker would use a pre-post subject pronoun and is to emphasize on the pronoun in a sentence. And we can we use this when the pronoun in the sentence is it needs to be emphasized and oftentimes the necessity the necessity occurs in a heated conversation such as confrontations inquiry and arguments where you have to emphasize a person that you are referring to so that's mostly the time that we use the prepost form in a normal conversation you have to remember this this is what i always tell my students a prepost subject pronoun will only occur when the sentence starts with a subject pronoun. Now, if you didn't know, a sentence in Cebuano never starts in, in don't usually starts in, uh, what do you call this, in, in a subject. Be unlike in English, where this, the, for, this, the structure of the sentence in, in English would be like, SVO subject verb and object right so that's that's constant in English however in Cebuano we have different forms of sentences and normally we would have either the verb comes first or the object comes first and then the subject later it's the the subject will always be at the later part of the sentence never in the beginning of the sentence now there are some instances where sentences starts with a subject and that is when the preposts comes in that is why it's called pre-post if you break it down uh, the composition of the, if you break it down pre-post is composed of two morphemes the word pre meaning the beginning before onset and and the other word is post p-o-s-e meaning the position or the placement so when you say pre-post the word is in the position where it becomes the starter of the sentence or a phrase so that is the main function of having a pre-post or post-post form post-post on the other hand indicate that the word is in the later part of the phrase or sentence it depends on the kind of pronouns pronoun that you have if if the pronoun revolves only on a phrase then it, it 
it's it's pre post and post post form depends on the whatever it is proceeding and then in the sentence a pre post will always be in the beginning of the sentence um the pre post pronoun and the post post pronoun will be in the later part that is why it's called post 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 meaning later or after spelled as post post and then the pose, P-O-S-E, meaning the position or placement. Therefore, the word in a post-pose form is found after some words or phrase. So it has to follow something in order for you to use the post-pose form. Now, the post-pose form of the subject personal pronouns I have mentioned earlier as a fo are as follows. Make sure to take no note of this, okay? For ako... A-K-O, its post-pose is ko, K-O. Again, pre-pose, ako, its post-pose is ko. All right? For ikaw, for you, the pre-pose is ikaw, I-K-A-W, and its post-pose form is ka, K-A. Okay? So, pre-pose ikaw, post-pose is ka. For you, for um, you plural, the word is kamu, right? K-A-M-O. That's the pre-post form. Its post-post form is M-O, mo. For from kamu, pre-post, it turns into mo, post-post. For siya, S-I-Y-A. You still remember what siya is? That's right. Siya is he, she, it, right? You have to remember this word, he, she, it. Siya. So if you're referring to a thing or a person, you would use siya instead, especially if you're trying to um, to point out a person or a thing. Now, for for siya, he, she, it, its post-pose form is still siya. It's still siya. It doesn't change at all. It's stay as it is. S-I-Y-A, siya. Now, for its plural form, sila, or equivalent to they in English, they, uh, so S-I-L-A, sila, its post-post form is still sila. It doesn't change at all. Still sila. Now, for other pronouns, the last pronouns that we have for post-post form is um, for the word us, that in an inclusive us, including me, you, and uh, some other people. That's us, right? You, me, and some other people. Kita, inclusive us. So kita, K-I-T-A, is the pre-post form. Its post-post form is ta, T-A. Just T-A, ta. Now you have to, you really have to memorize all these pronouns. It's very important that you memorize them because they will occur in almost all conversation in Cebuano. They're very widely used because they are personal pronouns. Right, so that's for kita, inclusive us. Now, when, when for exclusive us, that would mean just me and some other people, not including you. So just me and some other people, that would be the prepost form is kami, K-A-M-I, kami. And its post-post form is me, M-I. Okay? 
try to remember that again for a ko it's post pose is ko for ikaw it's post pose is ka for kamo it's post pose is mo for siya it's post pose is still siya for sila it's post pose is still sila for kita it's post pose is ta and lastly for kami it's post pose is me okay it's it's best that you write down the you jot down all these pronouns because they're going to help you a lot it's it's really difficult to identify pronouns for an english speaker sometimes it's really difficult to identify pronouns when you're hearing them but if you memorize all this you will be able to somewhat figure out what the other person you would catch those pronouns once in a while if you if you know them if you can identify them it's it's really helpful okay subject versus all other types of pronouns now you have to remember i can't emphasize this enough all of these pronouns that i have mentioned are all in subject form that's why they are called subject personal pronouns some people might tell you that oh there there's no subject per, per, subject pronouns and object pronouns as one there are it's very important that you can identify what a subject is and what an object is in a sentence whether it's a verbal meaning sentences with verb and nonverbal sentences or sentences without verbs in english you would always have verbs in your sentences always you can say she is beautiful is there is a linking verb so it has a verb all the time that's why it's constant in english to follow the svo structure subject verb object that's why in english it's very important that you know subject verb agreement because it will tell you what kind of verb you should use whether it's plural singular depending on the subject that you have right now in cebuano you just need to identify which of those phrases in the sentence are the subject and the object and pronouns pronouns can have its subject and object form right meaning the pronouns are what the sentence is talking about you have to remember the subject is what the sentence is talking about and a pronoun can substitute a noun most of the time the subject of the sentence is a noun right a noun an adjective or an action which is a verb and all of these can be substituted by pronouns that's the function of pronouns so substitute mostly nouns but it can substitute something else as well okay they are equivalent to i you he she it and us in english so it's really you know very well how important it is to know how to use i you he she it and us in english right and even they so it's really important that you know how to use pronouns in Cebuano as well okay I'll give you an example I'll give you uh, example sentences in Cebuano all right so that you know how to use them okay now an example nonverbal sentence here we have is guapa si Jane guapa si Jane that's G W A P A and then C particle C S I and then Jane I think you know how to spell it right so guapa si Jane the object here is guapa 
which is an adjective, which meaning beautiful, right? And then see Jane, we have a subject marker here, see, and then the person Jane. So we use see for a person, right? When you, when you have a, a person as the topic of the sentence, you would use see. Now, how do we use a pronoun here? So instead of saying guapa see Jane, you would say guapa siya. Guapa siya. Right? So how did it turn out to be that way? It turned out to be that way because we have a subject pronoun here, right? Siya. And see Jane is also a subject noun, right? A subject proper noun. Now, you don't need the particle C anymore when you are using a subject pronoun because this, the pronoun itself carries a marker because it is a subject form. It's not an object form. So you don't need to have a marker anymore to put it, to, to turn it into a subject form, right? Because it's already in a subject form. So that's why guapasi Jane turns into guapasi. It's as simple as that. Two words, one sentence. It's already a complete sentence. In Cebu, in English, that would be like, Jane is beautiful, right? It requires three words all the time because you have to follow, in English, you have to follow the SVO structure. Jane, that's the subject. Is, is the verb. That's a linking verb, present. And beautiful is the object of the sentence, which is an adjective. So guapa si Jane becomes uh, Jane is beautiful in English, right? Or but you can easily say guapa siya in Cebuano. Okay, right. Next example, we have buutan si Tomas og Juan. Buutan si Tomas og Juan. Ideally, it's supposed to be buutan sila Tomas og Juan, but not to confuse you with a pronoun, I'm just going to remove the C line, just use C, singular um, topic marker. So, buotan si Tomas o Juan, right? Buotan is B-U-O-T-A-N. That would mean nice, nice or kind, right? And then the subject here is si Tomas og and Juan. So, Tomas, Thomas, and, and Juan are nice, right? So, buotan si Tomas og Juan. Now, how do we turn this into a a personal pronoun subject? Then we would say, buotan sila. Buotan sila. Remember, sila is a third person, a plural third person. So, you that already refers to Tomas and Juan, right? So, buotan sila. B-U-O-T-A-N. And then sila, S-I-L-A. Right, so the object here is buutan and then the subject is sila. Easy enough, right? It requires only two words. That's how you make simple sentences in Cebuano. This is non-verbal sentences. If you want to know how to do verbal sentences, you'll have to wait for me to upload a little bit of information about verbs in Cebuano because they're very complex. It's a lot more complex than you think. So if I were you, Always start with nonverbal sentences. Learn the nonverbal sentences before you proceed with verbal sentences because they're a lot easier. Until you become used to uh, the used to the the phrase structure rules in nonverbal sentences, then you can proceed to the verbal sentences. And it's very important that you familiarize yourself with the rules that we follow in Cebuano because a slight change in a particle, a slight change in, in 
in word order can confuse, can really confuse. It could have a very different meaning. Um, the sentence could have a very different meaning immediately. It could have like a major or minor effect depending on the kind of sentence that you're using. So I can't emphasize enough that you have to learn everything step by step. Most teachers, if you go online, they don't even follow a process. They just tell you like, oh, this is blank. This is blank. Okay, now say this. How do you say this? They don't even follow a structure. That's why I always have um, a structure to follow when I'm teaching. Right. Next. Next example would be Bisaya me. Bisaya me. That's B-I-S-A-Y-A. Bisaya means like um, a speaker of, I think I've mentioned this in the first part, the, the very first part. Uh, what do you call this podcast episode that I uploaded? Visaya means like someone who is from the Visayas region or someone who speaks the language of the Visayas region. So if you're from Mindanao area and from Visayas area, most likely you are a Visaya. So Visaya is people, a type of people, and then the pronoun me, M I. Visaya me. So that's how it works, okay? Visaya me. Okay, next example, we have Titserko, Titserko. Now, Titser, or a teacher, is a noun, right? But you can use a noun to describe a person, for especially if it's a profession, right? So, in this case, we have Titserko, Titserko. So, we, if you say Titserko, that would mean like, I am a teacher. I am a teacher. So you notice that because the word, the, the subject pronoun is at the later part of the sentence, that's why we have to use a post-post form. If it was in the beginning of the sentence, we have to use a pre-post form. But it's very awkward to say, ako titser. Ako titser, that sounds like, you sound like um, Chinese not to be racist, to be <laughs> sorry, but um, you sound like a Chinese trying to speak English. You know, it's it doesn't sound natural. So, so you have to be careful with that. Okay, that's why we don't use this all the time because we have a f rule to follow when we're doing an when we're doing a what to call this a um an irregular sentence, right? So. The regular sentence would be object followed by a subject, right? The object here is the teacher because that's that what that's what being used as a descriptor for the subject, ko, right? Teacher ko. So if you want to have the subject in the beginning of a sentence, that would be an irregular sentence. An irregular sentence will always start with a subject sentence, okay? Uh, try to remember that. I can't emphasize that enough, yeah. Okay, next we have number five. We have hilomon ka. Hilomon ka. Right, hilomon, spelled H-I-L-U-M-O-N, meaning uh, a quiet person or a silent type or a reserved person. And then ka is the postpost form of ikaw, right? That would mean you. Ka. That's a postpost form of ikaw or you in English, singular you. So, hilomon ka means you are a quiet person or a quiet one in Cebuano. Hilomon ka. 
Do you get it now? Do you see how it works? Try to write down everything that I have mentioned. You can replay the, a little bit, go backwards, go a little bit back, like five to ten minutes, and try to write down everything that I have mentioned, including the example, and try to visualize what I'm trying to say here. Okay? You can use any adjective to describe the subject, which in this case is a noun. But of course, you have to make sure that the sentence makes sense and that the adjective used is appropriate to the subject you are describing. You can't just use adjective really nilly and, you know, and referring to something else. So you have to be careful with pairing descriptors with a subject because it might become offensive or uh, it might not make sense at all. Okay, so try to make sure um, that you are using the right words. Like, for example, you cannot say bagka, right? Bagka, bag is a bag. So, you, you are a bag. Can you say you are a bag in Cebuano? You can't, it doesn't make sense in English even. So, you cannot just use whatever words um, when making sentences. Make sure that they make sense as well, okay? Right, now, we're going to talk about now the different types of pronouns. Um, so far, I have classified about six types of pronouns in Cebuano language. And I say I have classified because this is just me trying to analyze a language. Um, I've tried to check out some other reference online about these pronouns, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm not very lucky trying to sift out all the, try to filter all the information that this, that are available in uh, online or on any book because each author have their own different interpretation of the language. And this is a little problematic because they give a different understanding of the language and it's a bit confusing for someone who doesn't like who, who who never studied linguistics or because they all of these books that you can find online about Cebuano grammar they're bombarded with a lot of linguistic terms and I'm only using mild language learning terms grammar terms I'm not even using technical and difficult terms in books online you'll mostly find very difficult terms that are even I have difficulty understanding and I studied linguistics so, but so far, this is our, these are all the types of pronouns that I have classified so far, um, it, it classified in a simplified way, okay? So the first ones, get, get your pen and paper ready because they're very important, okay? So the first ones are the personal pronouns. Now, the personal pronouns, um, like in English, it could be equivalent to I, you, me, he, she, it, um, me, us, blah, 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 you know, those kind of pronouns that are referring to people, right? So those are what we call personal pronouns. And the personal pronouns are classified into the subject forms and the object forms, okay? Subject and object forms. Right now, we're still learning the subject form. The only time that we get to learn the object form is when we use when we start learning verbs, that's the only time that you get to use the object form. 
and there's a very good reason for it. You'll find out later once you start learning the verb, but right now we are still learning the subject pronoun, so it's a lot easier, okay? Because it's just a substitute for the subject, right? Uh, so personal pronouns are the most, are the easiest pronouns to learn. Right, the next one are the demonstrative pronouns. Demonstrative pronouns are pronouns used for pointing, such as this, that, here, there, over there, um, like this, like that. We have those in, in Cebuano, and they are called demonstrative pronouns because you're, the, purpose of the, the purpose of demonstrative pronouns is to point out something, to point out a thing or a person. That's the function of demonstrative pronoun. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of them, and I tell you, it can be a little confusing sometimes because they sound alike. They very much sound alike. Demonstrative pronouns can be a little confusing, yeah. Next is the dative pronouns. The dative pronouns is the second easiest pronouns to learn, and again, they are only they only work for verbal sentences. They are only found, just like the object pronouns, dative pronouns, are only found in verbal sentences. What about this dative pronouns? So dative pronouns are also known as the directional pronouns. I would call them directional pronouns, but technically they are called dative pronouns. So directional pronouns is used to direct an action to a pronoun. Like for me, from him, to you, by, by them, or something like that. So you are using pronouns, but you're using the pronoun as a direction of an action. Like it could be coming from that pronoun, the action could be coming from the pronoun, or going to the pronoun. So it depends really on the kind of prepositions that you have. Oh, I forgot to mention this before. In, we don't have prepositions in Cebuano, unlike in English where you have um, uh, they, uh, like for example, you would have by, in, on, at, with, those are prepositions, right? We don't have those in Cebuano. Instead, we use directional markers for them. So that's why it's a little bit confusing to use dative pronouns. Slightly confusing for English speakers because in English it's very specific, in Cebuano it's very broad. So a phrase like a, a, a dative pronoun phrase in Cebuano could have a lot of meaning in English. So there's a lot of interpret. It could be interpreted in many ways in, in English. So, but it, it's still very, the dative pronouns are very consistent. Like they only have one form. Actually, they only have two forms, the formal and informal form. So they're not very difficult to learn. So I find them very easy, right? But you don't have to worry about that for now. Um, next, we have the existential pronouns. Yeah, this one is a little bit confusing because they kind of like parallel to demonstrative pronouns. Existential pronouns, the purpose of existential pronouns is to indicate that these, these are pronouns used to indicate that something exists. Like something exists here, something exists there, something exists over there. So we have a pronoun for that, and it can be confusing sometimes when you're using demonstrative pronouns at the same time, because you can have a demonstrative pronoun, an existential pronoun, and a personal pronoun all in one sentence. 
And that's a little bit confusing, I know. <laughs> it can be a little bit confusing, especially when you're having a verbal sentence. That could happen easily. Like you could have in a normal conversation in Cebuano, you could have a demonstrative pronoun, a, a dative pronoun, and an existential pronoun existing in one sentence. And it it, it it just blows my students' mind all the time. So good luck with you who's not my students. <laughs> Trying to figure out how pronouns work can be a little mind-boggling. That's why I told you before in my previous episodes, pronouns are one of the most difficult part of learning Cebuano. They're as bad as learning verbs. Nouns, adjectives, they're easy. They're super easy. But when it comes to um, pronouns and verbs, oh my god, they're so confusing for non-native speakers. I tell you that, they're very confusing. So, so get all the help that you can get in learning the pronouns and verbs in Cebuano language. Right, next, so we have the personal pronouns, the demonstrative pronouns, the dative pronouns, the existential pronouns. Now we have the fifth one, which is the genitive or possessive pronouns. This one is also very easy, but because they have two forms, it can be a little confusing sometimes for non-native speakers. Um, but they are the third easiest to learn because they're very constant. Like the only, the only thing you get confused is whether you're using prepost or postpost form, right? Because in English you would have like my book or book of mine. So my book would be the prepost form, and then the postpost form would be the book of mine. So they're very. It's exactly like in English. The genitive form or the possessive pronouns in Cebuano are exactly how the possessive form, the possessive pronouns in English work. So they're very easy to learn, but it can be a little confusing sometimes. So, so be careful with that. So pronouns, the possessive pronouns indicating ownership, such as mine, yours, theirs, his, her, its, etc. In English, okay. That's easy enough to analyze, to understand. Lastly, we have the reflexive pronouns. The reflexive pronouns are one of the most difficult to to decode, even for me for, as, an, uh, as a native speaker. It's kind of hard to explain how it works. These are the kind of reflexive pronouns. These are the kind of pronouns used in supplementary sentences referring to a thought or an action or a person or a thing previously mentioned in the main sentence. What do I mean by supplementary sentence? It's an additional sentence. There are different kind of sentences, right? We have simple sentences indicating, like for example, if you say, Anna is nice, right? That's a simple sentence. But if you add a supplementary phrase or supplementary sentence in it, it makes the sentence a compound sentence, right? So you could have Anna who is the daughter of Mark is very nice, right? You can say that. Anna, who is the daughter of Mark, that's the supplementary sentence, who is the daughter of Mark, is very nice. So the main sentence here is Anna is nice, and then the supplementary sentence is, or the supplementary phrase is, who is the daughter of Mark, right? The who there 
is what we call in English as reflexive pronouns because now you are reflecting, you are referring to the the subject as to the the, the whom that is mentioned in the reflex the reflexive pronoun. So you are referring to a word, to a thing or a person within the sentence. So that's the pur for purpose of of uh, reflexive pronouns. So the equivalent of reflexive pronouns in English would be like which, whom, who, and that in English, right? So you would use that. So yeah, we also have reflexive pronouns in Cebuano, but they are used very, very differently in Cebuano language. In fact, our reflexive pronouns in Cebuano are tightly related to verbs and nouns. They are more like an act an extension to possessive case and functions mainly as an adverbial. I'm still trying to decode the rules for the reflexive pronoun, so I still haven't included it in my lesson. So I put them aside right now because I'm still trying to figure out how I'm trying to map out how the reflexive pronouns work in Cebuano and what exactly they could mean in English. I understand how they work in Cebuano, but in English, like how do you translate this in English? How do you make English speakers understand how it works. That's the difficult part. So I'm trying to figure it out still, trying to map out the whole thing so that I can make English speakers understand how it works. Because it doesn't work the same way as in English at all. It's very different. It's a very unique pronoun. So again, we have six types of pronouns in Cebuano. We have the personal pronouns, which include subject pronouns and object pronouns. Next, we have demonstrative pronouns, equivalent to this, that, here, there, etc. in English. The dative pronouns used for directing to a pronoun an action, right? For him, for me, for you, to you, from me, to them, whatever. So that's, there is a direction. Right. And then we also have existential pronouns, which are kind of pronoun that indicates uh, that something exists. Right. Genitive pronouns, the same in English, which is like mine, yours, theirs, etc. So it is a, a pronoun indicating possession or ownership. Lastly, the reflexive pronouns equivalent to which, whom, who, or that in English. Um, I've already explained that, so I'm not going to go that go through that anymore. Right. As you can see, Cebuano pronouns are one of the most difficult part of learning Cebuano, mainly because there are several specific rules to follow when using a pronoun, and I haven't even got in, gotten into the rules yet. There are special rules when it comes to pronouns. That's why you have to know these rules in order for you to move them around in a sentence. You have to follow the right word, the right order of the right order of words is specifically with pronouns in order to form a sensible sentence in Cebuano. And if you want to learn about these rules, you have to book my class because I have to, the reason for that is that it, I don't have enough time to explain, to make a script, to explain every rule that there is in, in what they call this, in, in a podcast. But in a lesson, we have all the time for me to explain to you and you can ask me questions why it works that way. Because if I'm just talking to you, explaining to you how it works, it's not going to be as effective as me teaching you and me have giving you a visual understanding of how it works. So 
it's very important that you have someone to teach you how how these things work, especially the rules of how the phrases are formed together in Cebuano. Yeah. And I can guarantee you it, it's very effective. What I'm doing right now is very effective. And you can't just willy-nilly use pronouns whenever you want, by the way. Not only that, Cebuano pronouns are quite numerous and they require an effort to memorize. There are really several of them. It's it's as bad as what's happening right now with neo-pronouns in English. So, <laughs> But what I can tell you about Cebuano pronouns is that it is very important that you identify them properly. That's the main rule of understanding pronouns. You have to be able to identify what they are in a sentence because they look similar to each other. They are very similar to each other. This is what you need to learn um, when learning a sentence, how to make a sentence in, or how to understand a sentence in Cebuano. You have to identify the function of each phrase within the sentence, whether it is a subject, whether it is an object, what is its relationship to the verb, what is its relationship to the subject, blah, blah, blah. All those rules, all those relationships, all those roles of each word or phrase within the sentence, you have to be able to identify them in order for you to understand what the sentence means and how to make those sentences properly so that you will be understood. Right, okay. What I can tell you about Cebuano pronouns is that it is very important that you have identified them. Yeah, they're very similar to each other. That's really what you need to focus on when it comes to pronouns. And it really requires getting used to in order to master them. Yeah, it does require a lot of getting used to because there's so many of them and there's we use them all the time. So you have to get used to them quickly. That is why my lessons are designed to help you adjust your way of thinking to Cebuano and to really help you get used to the idea of how the language works. I have mentioned this before, but following the proper flow of language learning, the way children learn the language is very important in order for you to grasp the language. You can't just, people can't just, I see YouTube YouTubers like throwing in words, throwing in phrases, blah, blah, blah. They're not even trying to explain properly how it works. And it can be a little bit confusing. It only makes you confused because they're not following the proper way of learning a language. There should be a flow. You start with learning verb, learning nouns, adjectives, pronouns, verbs, etc. So it it really you really have to follow a flow. You need to have a flow in learning the language. You can't just people can't just throw in phrases to you and expect you to learn it very quickly. It doesn't work that way. So this information right here is already equivalent to one of my 30 grammar lessons that I teach to my paying students. So please don't take this information for granted. It took me some time to analyze this even though Cebuano is my native language. It took me a while. I had to focus. I had to really decode everything. Make sample sentences. Analyze how it works. Try to compare them from other sentences. It's really an effort to decode the language. It takes a while. So please Try to remember that nobody teaches Cebuano speakers Cebuano grammar. Nobody taught us. We just try to figure our way out as we learn the language because the language is passed on. So us, as a uh, language, uh, what do you call this? There are two types of language. Um, 
analyzer or what I call that what I call that like uh, two types of linguists we have the descriptive linguistics and then prescriptive linguistics which would mean the prescript prescriptive linguistics is like telling people what to say like what is the proper way of saying things and descriptive linguists are those who try to understand how why things how things occur why sentences turn out that way blah 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 because they the purpose is to describe how things work in in the language so i had to figure all this out by myself with the use of materials available online and my knowledge in cebuano language and linguistics and it's very hard to find someone who can teach decent cebuano grammar with the right understanding of the language most Cebuano learning videos I found on YouTube doesn't even have the correct grammar explanation for various Cebuano sentences and expressions. Like, for example, someone's even, I saw in a video telling, uh, uh, teaching that og, particle og and particle ang are articles. That's not true. That's, it's, they're not articles. They're, that's why they're called particles. Because they're not, um, they're, they, they don't have the same function as an article. Yeah. They are seemingly like an article because in English you would use a lot of articles, but in Cebuano we would use a lot of particles, which is a marker. Yeah, so good luck with that if you try to stick on those YouTube videos. Right, so for me, to just give away this information that I work hard to analyze is a bit difficult, honestly. So please, if you are serious in learning Cebuano and want to figure out how Cebuano grammar works, have a lesson with me. And I will explain to you everything I know about Cebuano language, including grammar. It will be all explained properly in a lesson, okay? My lessons are composed of various sentence patterns, translation practices, and sentence formation practices. Many of my students who stick with me are now able to make their own Cebuano sentences and even paragraph. And many of them started from zero Cebuano, like they don't have any background of the language at all. And they can even make a conversation dialogue after reaching almost halfway to the grammar lesson. So if you're really dedicated, you really have to spend time in learning the language and putting really an effort. Even if you have a lesson with me, you can't expect me to just, you know, you can't expect that it, me just talking to you, explaining to you everything, you automatically learn the language. You you have to practice. That's part of it. That's part of the learning. You have a lot, you need to have a lot of output. You need to have a lot of practice here in order for you to really, um, you know, be able to use the language. And and trying, out, in, in my lesson, normally I would give everything that you need explanation, materials, everything that you need, even vocabulary, I have to explain them one by one because my, many of my students are like zero Cebuano learners. So I have to explain everything one by one, just like what I'm doing here right now with you. So it's kind of bit, um, for me, it's kind of difficult to just share it with, you know, in, in a podcast and just share all the information I know in one go because it's, I work hard for it. You have to understand, right? Well, uh, they can. So, like I said, many of my students are now able to um, make gram 
make their own sentences, even paragraphs in, 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 in Cebuano, even make a dialogue by themselves. And after the grammar lesson, there will be a conversation practice lesson, which will help you use everything that you have learned about the Cebuano language in an actual conversation. Also, in the conversation practice, you will know how we say things like what we normally say in Cebuano and not just make a sentence out of, out of nowhere and expect that people would use that in, in in an actual conversation no we also just like in English there are there are ways in in conversation like you can you have to follow a flow of conversation and you have to follow responses as well the common responses that we normally have in Cebuano so you will be able to learn that in the uh, conversational lesson so it will be very helpful. You don't even have to worry about anything because the materials will be provided to you, including the lesson recordings, so you can listen to your, our lessons over and over again. So if you are eager to learn Cebuano language, send me an email, and I will be more than happy to set a schedule for you, okay? All right, so yeah, so that is it for today for this episode. Thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for staying with me. And I would like to say thanks to my patrons. Yes, I now have five patrons on my Patreon, which includes Martin, Matthew, Joshua, Ali, and I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's Havard. Yeah. So thank you very much, guys, for your support. Um, I really appreciate all the... Um, the, the the for the subscription i really appreciate the subscription and all the support that you have right now for me and i will continue to upload my uh, new episodes every now and then so that <clears throat> to to help out to, to as, as a way for me to to say things to my patrons also i also have two um subscriber in buy me a coffee um two of which are yeah two of which are doname and jordan dolalisa right thank you for your subscription and um i i'll try to keep on sharing what i know about the language slowly but by the way my book on Amazon, I pulled it out because I, I'm not really earning from it. Um, but yeah, if you want to have a copy of my book, you will have to wait a little bit because I'm trying to figure out how it works. I might um, sell it as a PDF instead so that, you know, more for me, less for... Because the last time I... Because uh, in Amazon, they say that they have like 30%... Um, royalty if you sell a book but they're actually very it's actually much less they even deduct so they're they're kind of like deducting us when you're when they're paying out yeah when you're paying out from 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 the royalty it's not really 30 percent i guarantee you it's not 30 percent they only say it's 30 percent but it's actually much less i think it's just around five or ten i don't know and then they kind of like deduct you from <clears throat> when you're paying out and then when because I don't have an international bank account because Amazon requires you to have like a US dollar account from the US or from Western countries. So I don't have that. 
So I use Pioneer, but the problem with Pioneer is that every time I receive money, they kind of like deduct something out of it. And then when I, when I withdraw that money from Pioneer, they also deduct more <laughs> from the total amount. And so I barely like within a year, I only earned like around $50 within a year of selling like several numbers of books and I find that very annoying. I feel like I'm I'm only I'm only you know supplementing the 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 companies but not really helping myself. So I just pull it out instead because it's not helping me at all. And I put an effort in making that book. It took me a year to write that book. So so yeah, I pull it out. So but I'm trying to figure out if you have any suggestions on better ways to make it work so that i would really appreciate it so i can make more i'm planning to publish more books but right now i don't have the means to do so in a way that i will also benefit um because i like i really want to make content for Cebuano. like i want to make books about like common words in Cebuano and like common phrases and a little bit of explanation how they work and even materials for children or even for adults um, I have a lot of ideas, but there is no means right now. So if you have, yeah, my mic just turned off, right? So I don't really have the means right now. So if you have any idea, um, any suggestion that you can recommend me, I would really appreciate that. And I would look into that. So if you have any idea, do send me in messages or an email by the way i receive all your emails i really appreciate them thank you very much for your support and if you have anything else you want to ask do send me a message on my uh what i call this you can send me a message if you're a, a, a patron um a patron in my patreon patreon you can send me a message there i'll gladly respond and if you are just a like a general audience and you want to ask me something if you want to learn about something, uh, try to send me a message. I'll try to respond to you the best way I can, okay? And if you have any requests as well, like special episodes for some, some stuff that you want to learn, I'll try to make some for you as well. Okay, so that is it for the episode for today. Thank you again for listening. I really appreciate all your support and all your listening to my podcast. So um, have a great day and see you again. Bye-bye.